Hester and her cabal of co-hosts are not doctors, lawyers, or licensed professionals of any kind, and their advice should not be used as a substitute for consulting any of those. The advice offered on We Should Split Up is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the show, ghoulies! Hester Doyle? Hester Doyle, please present yourself. Oh, you just walked right in. Of course, we have important business to conduct. I've heard rumors you're anticipating a rapid abduction, and I'm extremely concerned. Why, thank you, Mayor. I hadn't expected this to go all the way to Town Hall. I really appreciate your thoughts. I'll cut to the chase. What is your contingency plan for Halloween? For Halloween? Yes. For the perfectly normal, absolutely not strange and supernatural thing that happens every year in Salem Cove on Halloween. As you're aware, an immense amount of planning and resources goes into Salem Cove's Halloween event. Every year, one missing cog could set the whole machine askew. And, since Dr. Van Hogelskamp was eaten by his own creations last year, we don't even have a mechanic standing by to save us. We must plan ahead. Uh, I really don't know what you mean. It's only June. Halloween preparations begin promptly every year on May 1. Of course, I understand. You'll see that my pumpkin patch is duly planted, and I've been weeding the sacred grove. Yes, but who will be here to perform the rite? Uh, me, of course. Not if the rumors are true. Whispers are flying that you're about to relocate to a much damper location. Well, the lighthouse does have humidity issues in the summer. I mean the beast from the sea. Well, if he does come for me, I don't intend to be gone that long. You can mark me down for Halloween. Agnes has been gone for five years. I'm looking into that, and I think there's more to that story than meets the jar full of eyes. I really detest making late changes to our Halloween scheme. Last year, when Harold disappeared down that wormhole in his backyard, we were only left with two months to replace his float in the parade. I promise I will not be gone that long, wherever my investigation takes me. But while you're here, do you want to help me answer some letters for the show? I know few people as skilled at interfering as you. Well, it would be my pleasure and honor, as the duly elected mayor of Salem Cove, on this 20th day of June, on behalf of all my constituents... Okay, uh, yeah, it sounds like that means it's time for another episode of We Should Split Up. Frightful advice for spooky people. A quick update from Just Keep Truckin', the letter writer from episode 5, who wanted to know if her truck was intimidating her boyfriend. When I sent her the link to the episode, I let her know that if it came down to the truck versus the boyfriend, Sloane and I were rooting for the truck. She replied, Well, rest easy knowing that it did, because he ended up calling me a redneck while drunk, and I said, Fuck that. Trucking, you are our new hero. Please collect your hero badge and bouquet of dead roses from the Salem Cove Town Hall at your earliest convenience. We'll keep the red carpet unrolled for you. We love hearing updates to your letters. If you want to update us on your story, drop a line to frightadvice at gmail.com. Mayor, would you do me the honor of reading me the first letter this week? Certainly. <clears throat> Dear Hester, 
How do I prevent my extremely pretty friend from having plastic surgery? She's a close friend of mine. She's 18, I'm 22, extremely pretty. She can get pretty much any guy she wants by her looks. There's nothing on her face that needs changing at all, but she's extremely insecure about her looks and constantly takes pictures and posts online. She has a fairly big following. Recently, she went to get her lips filled, despite my protests. Fortunately, that only lasted two weeks, but she ended up looking like she had been stung by a bee. When I told her that, she wasn't happy about my comments, so she turned to her friends, quote-unquote, that gas her up and say anything to please her. Now she's told me she's going to get her nose done this Christmas, and I clearly protested. If she goes down that route, I'm worried she'd get addicted to plastic surgery, even though she's naturally an extremely pretty girl. How can I convince her out of it? Whatever I say, she says she's extremely jealous of my nose and that it's perfect and that I'm perfect. Part of her insecurity comes from jealous people telling her she has a big nose when she really doesn't, and from her horrible, insecure exes who would tell her she's fat and ugly when she's far from it just to control her. What advice can I give her? Signed, No More Frankenface. Well, Frankenface, I can think of one clear line of action to take right off the bat. Instead of telling your friend what to do, ask her how she feels. That way you're not ordering her to do what's best for her. You're helping her discover what's best for herself. Mayor? I would agree. She sounds very insecure and seeming that she just needs someone to respect her and to listen to her opinions and to understand that she's her own person and that she can make her own choices even if we don't understand them. Exactly. Someone who's already insecure doesn't need more people barking orders at her. Your heart is definitely in the right place, but badgering your friend not to get the surgery is just another external form of pressure, kind of along the same lines as the people pressuring her to change her appearance, even if your intentions are more pure. Mm, Yeah, yeah, exactly. She needs compassionate support. So... You know, maybe instead of engaging in the binary debate, you know, are you pretty enough or not, try and change the question. What can we do together as friends that will help you find a sense of worth and self and happiness that isn't tied to your appearance? You know, Instagram likes or getting plastic surgery. Exactly. And it's definitely, I don't think it's wrong to be interested and invested in your appearance or to have a desire to augment it sometimes. I think it's a form of self-expression. But I think that a healthy relationship with your body and your self-expression through your appearance rests on having multiple outlets. And it also rests on that sort of internal wellspring of believing in your worth and your value that doesn't just come from external validation. And if you offer your friend other outlets, it's not not because being interested in her appearance is, is vain. It's because you're helping her to diversify mm-hmm. her portfolio of happiness. I like that portfolio of happiness. Well said. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I know one more thing. I, I think maybe it was in an earlier episode of yours. I um, I do listen, by the way. Oh, thank you, I Mayor. I listen to all my constituents' podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, people can change, but you can't change people. So, you know, the more you fight her, the more she's going to pull away towards those yes men, sort of wrapping up what I was saying earlier. I couldn't agree more with my own advice. (laughs) (laughs) In this case, you've already seen that just trying to tell her she's wrong about this isn't going to change her mind. But if you're supportive, if you give her other outlets, if you do not join the throngs of people who are denying her autonomy over her own body by telling her what she ought to do you could help her come to a place where she recognizes on her own that stuff like this isn't necessary.
necessary, or at least that it shouldn't be pursued to chase the phantom of other people's admiration rather than one's self-admiration. Exactly. And we here at Salem Cove uh, strongly advise against chasing phantoms. It just ends in, in misery. The, yes. And, and uh, dismemberment. Oof, oh, gosh. I can't believe that last mm. spring. I know. I told you that's why we prepare. company we're definitely not haunted come enjoy our products ranging from the twins in the hallway size to the dead king you'll be sleepless like a rock use promo code haunt me to get 112 percent off your first and final order it's the last mattress you'll ever need <laughs> Well, Mayor, I've got our next letter neatly prepared for you right here. Why, thank you. <clears throat> Dear Hester, So I'm going to my very first festival at the weekend, and I'm going with one friend and possibly meeting up with another. We like the same acts, and all was fine, up until the final acts. We both want to see two different acts, both on at 9 p.m. My friend has already seen this act before, so internally I would hope she would say it's cool and to go and see mine, which I haven't seen before or would be okay with leaving halfway through so we both get to see our acts. I wouldn't ask that of her, as I'm a very anxious person and wouldn't want to impose, but I'm not really sure what to do. I'd really like to see the act who I like, but I also don't want to make her miss out. What would you do in this situation? Signed, Frightfest. Well, Mayor, you are an expert at planning and events. What's your take on this? Well, I certainly am not one to impose, as are we all. But why wouldn't you just ask? I mean, if the tables were turned, it doesn't seem like you would feel imposed on if you were asked the same thing. It makes sense. It's logical as you've laid it out. So if she is your friend, I would just start with that. Just ask her. The worst she can say is no. And, and then from there, maybe if you both feel comfortable, just go to see the act you want to see on your own. Yeah, I think with highly anxious people, it actually really helps to take the golden rule and turn it on its head. I think when you're very anxious, you're already pretty absorbed in trying to treat others as you would like to be treated. And I think that you could take a moment to try and treat yourself as you treat others. Mm -hmm. In other words, to speak up for what you want in a way that's polite and leaves room for compromise. If she does say, no, I really want to go see my people. But um, if you are more than willing to be flexible for her, then I think it's fair to expect a little bit of flexibility on your behalf as well. I quite agree. Um, so there are a couple of questions that I want to explore uh, behind your reluctance to just go see this act by yourself, because that's your other option. If your friend doesn't want to go with you, you could always duck out and just check out the band that you really want to see on your own. I am assuming it's a band. They said act, so it could be a uh, tightrope type, type flame dancing burlesque troupe. Oh yes, like we had at the last Halloween event. So there were three different reasons that I imagined you might be reluctant to just go ahead and forge your own path. One is that you're afraid of pissing off your friend, and I think we've addressed that by mm -hmm. just communicating in a 
adults and open way about what you want and what they want finding a compromise um another reason you might not want to go is if you feel unsafe going to see it on your own um and if that's the case i would definitely lean towards the idea of seeing if a friend is willing to at the very least split the time between the two acts or see if this other friend who's meeting up with you at the show would be willing to go with you instead. And if neither of those are possible and you feel like it's an environment where you feel safe enough to give it a shot to go on your own, but you want some feeling of a safety net, Mm -hmm. set up a check-in system. Agree to meet at a specific time at a specific place And if you want to go a step further, agree to check in with each other, say every half hour, you're just going to send a text and be like, still good. And if that that might help a lot, you having those advanced plans is definitely going to go a long way towards making everybody feel like you've got each other's back, even if you're not right there at the moment. The third reason why you might not want to just go on your own is maybe because you feel like you'd be happier going with a buddy. And a lot of things are a lot more fun with a friend, but as an eccentric spinster, I found that there are actually a lot of things that you can enjoy an awful lot on your own. And I think it's actually an important skill in life that you can learn to cultivate to enjoy things on your own, because then you're not always held back from stuff that you really dream of doing because you can't con a friend into going with you. And one of the possibilities, if you do dare strike out on your own as you might wind up meeting people there who like the thing that you like and bam you got some new friends well that is the best case scenario right there it is also how i met most of my cats oh wow i didn't hear about that we'll have to catch up on that some other time yes Mm. well they're very social they really i think they they bring me out of my shell that's very nice yeah glad to hear it Thank you. So I guess uh, my final advice to you, uh, Fright Fest, would be to drink a lot of water. Agreed, yes. Whenever you're any outdoor event, whether it's rune building or rune interpreting for that matter, always drink a lot of water. Salem Cove, which is why I use Scary Safe for my home security needs. They're frightfully secure. <laughs> Clever. Have you ever been worried about your ghouls getting out in the night? You'll love Scary Safe. Their patented system uses only the most ancient of curses. It's guaranteed to keep intruders out and to keep your darkest secrets at bay. Use promo code Wraith now to get 10% off your first month. You won't need any more, because homes have been known to collapse upon themselves through the might of its dark magic. Scary Safe is not liable for any magic-related accidents that happen as a result of using up its products. User discretion is advised. This episode is also brought to us by Slippery Botanicals. Hair care from another century. All of our products are locally sourced and 100% organic. Perfect for all the heads in your family. Rinse, repeat, 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 rinse, repeat. Promo code slippery. Well, Mayor, could you read me this last letter? 
lots to do today, but that's fine. Dear Hester, how do you stop waiting around and get up and do something useful? I often find myself sitting on my phone doing nothing interesting and it eats away my time. How do I motivate myself to do something useful, such as go for a walk without dwelling over the thought of doing it for a long time? Signed, Trapped Inside. Well, um, one thing that I would find very effective is to set your couch on fire. Yes, that's worked for me before. You could throw your phone in a pit. Perhaps. Well, you could get the beast from the sea to chase you. Yes, I've heard that keeps many people nimble. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Um, I would stay away from open water, though. That's kind of his uh, wheelhouse. Yes, yeah, definitely. Anyway, you could also put your phone at one end of a maze and yourself at the other, and then have fire-breathing dragons populating the maze. And then, you know what, if you spend enough time with the dragons, you've got friends! Exactly! Maybe they want to go to that concert with that young lady. I think we just solved everybody's problem at the same time. That's efficiency. That's what I'm talking about, plan ahead efficiency. That's how you run a town. Well, thank you for opening my eyes. Now, if none of these appeal, uh, there are a, a couple of practical things that I like to do when I feel stuck in a rut. I like to make lists, and not just to-do lists, but to fun lists. Lists that remind me of things that I wanted to try when I had an opportunity that I can look at the next time I'm playing Mollusk on the couch. Um, routine also helps. If you have, uh, parameters, you can not only limit your phone staring time, but literally, like, start to program in stuff that you want to do more often. Like, maybe every day when you get home from work at the same time, you take a walk. And it doesn't have to be a long walk or a super productive walk. It could just be a five-minute walk. But once you start to establish that, you find that it becomes reflexive for you. And then once you start to do those things, try to practice a little bit of mindfulness. I know that's a word that gets thrown around an awful lot, but I think it could be really helpful to, when you do start to establish that routine, be aware of how it makes you feel and give that feeling a name, like Fred. And then the next time you're on the couch, remember Fred and tell yourself, I'd better go see Fred. Mm. Mayor, how do you feel about that? Well, I do like the idea of giving your uh, mindfulness a name. I think that's a great idea. It helps with building habits. Uh, Another thing, habit building that's worked for me is setting an actual physical timer on your phone. I'm a very literal person. So when I was finding myself spending way too much time on social media, you can actually send a timer on your phone that will turn off those apps. And so you can just say, oh, my time is up. Time to go, you know plant those pumpkins or uh, perform those rites, whatever, what have you, whatever, however you like to spend your free time. Um, But one thing I do want to say is not to feel guilty about staring mindlessly at your phone, because I think that could be a source of anxiety and sort of um, getting stuck in your head about it. You know, it's, it's time that you're enjoying, so it's not wasted. And if you're finding it enjoyable, embrace that and say, this is the time where I just sit there and stare at my phone and look at, you know, pictures of pumpkins on Instagram or whatever, black cats, bats, beast creatures. And I think, you know, but set a time, set a parameter, build the habit so you can incorporate all of that into your life. I think that's excellent. Well, thanks for joining me this week, Mayor. This has been very constructive. I see you've been doing some other construction as well. Well, I just want to make sure the lighthouse is safe and secure for Vincent's in case of stormy weather, in case the ocean comes to visit us. Well, just make sure to clear up any damage before Halloween. You know we need the lighthouse as a beacon for, well, 
you know. Yes, I know, but that's a topic for another episode of We Should Split Up, Frightful Advice for Spooky People. Thanks for listening to We Should Split Up, Frightful Advice for Spooky People. Are you frightfully in need of advice? Send your questions to frightadvice at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe. We Should Split Up is available wherever podcasts lurk. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fright Advice or visit FrightAdvice.com, where you can subscribe to the Salem Cove newsletter. If you're experiencing a mental health emergency, there are people who care and want to help you. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. In this week's episode, Hester Doyle appears as herself, and Mayor Caroline appears as herself. And our lovely logo was created by Maya Renfro. Our theme music is Die in a Fire by Menage a Garage. Play nice, ghoulies! gets into some gray territory for I'm, sure i'm not a lawyer yeah you're only a mayor mm, i know legislative not executive yes i think i don't know civics was always challenging